Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Tonight I want to share with you uh, about something a little different. We've been talking about blessings, and this is not related to blessings. This is something completely different. So don't be sitting there thinking, well, how in the world does this relate to blessings? Because it doesn't, okay? This is something new. But uh, uh, have, you, uh, have you ever read accounts in the newspaper or in the news about people on the run? Uh, there was an account of a, a store manager uh, who stole $57,000 from, uh, I think it was a grocery store that he managed uh, some years back. And he talked about um, how when, after he stole that, he he left everything behind and, and started to go on the run. It would take a whole lot for me to... Uh, to leave everything behind, but that's what he wound up having to do. He, uh, of course, had to leave his job behind, had to uh, leave his family and possessions behind because he was on the run. Uh, he said, and one of the things that he wound up eventually turning himself in after being on the run for uh, about a year. And the reason that he gave the reporter uh, of why he turned himself in. He said, everybody I came across, I always felt like they were looking at me funny. And if anybody, if, if I saw anybody at all uh, looking at me, I always thought they might be FBI or they might be ATF or someone else uh, that might be looking for him. And so he said, just not knowing, always looking over my shoulder, always wondering <coughs> when he was going to be captured, when he was going to be brought in, caused him to, to finally decide, <coughs> excuse me, to just turn himself in. And he wound up turning himself in to authorities and just simply confessing to his crime uh, because he was uh, he just couldn't take the pressure any longer he couldn't deal with the, the problems of of always wondering who might be following after him or or who might be uh, looking at what he's doing so uh, and sin does that to us when whenever we do something wrong uh, we always have a situation where we know for a fact that we're doing what what we're doing is wrong, and we tend to to always have that uh, tendency to look, see who's looking at us. Uh, my my daddy uh, for many years worked for a department store that in their security department. He watched the cameras and the department store and. And anytime anybody started looking kind of funny, fidgety, he would uh, call the the plain clothes security people within the store and and tell them to 
uh, where to go to look and, and where to, uh, to start watching someone. My dad said, always said that you could tell when someone was about to do something because they would constantly, uh, if they were going to steal a, a jacket or a, a sweater or a, a scarf or, or some jewelry from the jewelry department, they would constantly go by and look at what they were going to steal <coughs> walk away come back look at it again walk around <coughs> look at it again <coughs> he said these were telltale signs that they were about to steal something and he could pretty much pinpoint what it was they were going to steal by the way they acted prior to the theft he said there were some people that were so brazen as to use their own children as a way of of deflecting any suspicion. He said, but every time right before someone would get ready to steal something, they'd do this number. They'd just look around and they'd always look to see who's looking at them. He said it was a dead giveaway. They're always looking to see who's watching them because they know they're about to do something wrong. When we're on the run, it doesn't always have to be some big theft like a, a bank robbery or stealing from a business. Many times with sin in our life, we're on the run too. We're on the run from, from God. The greatest example of this is is Adam and Eve in the garden. If you'll turn with me to Genesis chapter 3, we'll see their their, uh, telltale signs of the fact that they've done something wrong and we'll see some of the very things that God does to try and bring us back into a right relationship with Him. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. It says, And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden of the, in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord uh, God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that uh, thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, uh, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. The Lord God said uh, unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto uh, the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. That, uh, unto thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt uh, bruise his heel. And unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. 
and in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy uh, desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And to Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and in sorrow shalt thou eat of, the li- of it all the days of your life. And thorns and thistles shall be bring shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt uh, eat the herbs of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou uh, return unto the ground, for out of it thou wast taken, and for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. So let's look at a few things here, and we'll get some insights into uh, the uh, aspects of of when we're on the run when we're doing what we know to be doing is wrong sin is something that uh begins with uh, with a a change of mind not a change of heart it's not from a change of 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 attitudes it's from a, a change of your mind uh all sin is centered within the mind uh, that's the first place in which you and I are are first deceived or moved or or uh, convinced to do whatever it is we do in our mind. It's it's uh, we begin to to have the desire to do whatever it is within our mind, and and that uh, then leads us to do uh, those attitudes, those things within our life. Most of our sin is planted there uh, in our mind and, and that's where uh, we begin to have our problems uh, first thing I want you to see is that uh, whenever we do uh, whenever we have sin in our life we first of all uh, God blesses us with uh, an opening of our eyes it says in verse 7 there that the eyes of the man and woman were open and they understood that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves to cover themselves. Uh, one of the first aspects of sin is is that we ultimately understand and know that, that we've done something wrong. God, God's Holy Spirit is at work here in this verse. It is God's Holy Spirit that convicts us when we do wrong. It is uh, Adam and Eve... The Bible here says, uh, kind of makes you want to believe it's the the fruit that's what was caused them to o- have their eyes open. This fruit was not magical. This was the work of the Holy Spirit that opened their eyes to what what they were doing, and their innocence was lost. Uh, that's what it means when it says that they understood they were naked. They were exposed to the sin of the uh, of uh, and they were. Uh, made aware of the fact that they had sinned. Their eyes were open. And whenever we sin in our life, there's no way that we... Look, when you get uh, mad with someone and you just can't handle it, maybe somebody cuts you off on uh, while you're driving, maybe somebody comes up behind you and uh, just whips around you, I tell you, that irks me to no end. I tend to leave my car... If I'm on the highway, I tend to leave my car on cruise control. That way I can just set it and just forget about 
what everybody else is doing, but it irks me to no end when somebody comes plowing up behind me and flashing their lights. They want me to get over and, or, or speed up. Most of the time, I'm in the right lane anyway. I'm not trying to slow anybody down, and I'm wanting them to go on around me. But they'll come up behind you and they'll, uh, because maybe they can't get around you because somebody else is already there. They're flashing their lights and they're wanting you to, and they're getting right up on your bumper. And then they, when they get a chance, they'll whip around you. And, and that, that is what just causes my blood pressure to, to go up. And I'm thinking, well, I'll show him, right? Isn't that what we, men, isn't that what we do whenever we're driving? I'll show him. I, and I, I, it makes you want to just step on the gas and get right up on his bumper too and do the same thing to him. When we do wrong, we don't have to have somebody tell us. You know, Robin doesn't have to elbow me and say, what are you doing? You know you're, you know you're doing wrong. You know you're not supposed to be doing this. She doesn't have to tell me. I know what I've done. I know what I'm doing is wrong. That's the Holy Spirit. He opens our eyes to the things that we do wrong. That conviction is the first step to uh, repentance, though, because we have to be convicted of the wrong that we're doing. And, we have, and God exposes us to the fact that we've done wrong. Their eyes were open. They realized they were naked. And the second thing is, is that we tend to try and cover up what we do. <coughs> Why are you speeding like that? Oh, I'm not speeding. I, did I let that go? You know, we try and play innocent. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't realize I let... My foot must have just stood on, stayed on that gas pedal and I crept up. Oh, I'll just back off now. No, you knew exactly what you were doing. There's not many of us that accidentally creep up and our speed just gets out of hand without us knowing. Most of the time, we know exactly what we're doing. And that's how it is with sin. We know that we're doing wrong. And, but we try and cover it up. We try and say, well, I didn't mean to. Or maybe you, you get into an argument with your, your spouse or, or a friend or... or co-worker and and they say something to you that just sticks the knife in your belly and starts turning and you and you just spout off at them and say something you shouldn't say you don't have to wait 20 minutes to re- to start realizing you 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 messed up superiorly and that you did wrong but you try and say oh no that's not what I meant hey isn't that I tell you what, if I could sell fishing gear for words, I would be a billionaire, wouldn't you? Don't you think if you had some way of bringing words back after somebody said something and just reel it back in, that you you could sell that to everybody? I mean, I'm telling you, you'd be wealthier than Bill Gates. Uh, So we try and cover up because we know we can't reel in those words. We can't. Uh, turn back the clock and undo what we've done. We can't, uh, no matter how much we uh, try and sugarcoat it, and try and, and, oh, sweetie, I'm so sorry I said that. I didn't mean to say that. No matter how sugary we get to try and cover it up, the fact is, is we've done wrong, and we know it. And usually our spouse or whoever it is that we've done wrong to, they know it. And 
I want you to see God's response. That, those, those were our responses. What does God do? It says, verse 8, and, uh, they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the guard, cool of the guard. Uh, I find it uh, very comforting to see this verse here because it tells us a lot. In verse 8, it tells us that God desires to have fellowship with us. God's desire was with for Adam and Eve to be with them and to not just simply, you know, there's some people in this world that believe that that there's some people that believe that everything's just an accident. There's some people that believe that um, that uh, God just kind of created everything kind of like a if you would if you ever seen a little boy play with the spinning top they wind up that cord on the top and they set the top up and they get it ready and they pull the cord and that top starts to spinning and round around around and they kind of sit back and watch the top and see where it'll go and and watch it bounce around and all that kind of stuff. There's some people that believe that God did that with the earth, that God just kind of set everything in motion, spun us up like that top, and He's just sitting back watching what everything's going on, and He's not involved in anything that's happening. He just wants to see how far, how long it'll be that, that our earth and our world will keep spinning and, and what will happen when it winds down. And then, and then, so that's not God. God's not one to just simply uh, set things into motion and sit back and and have a hands-off approach. God's desire is is that He didn't just make us to let us do whatever we want to do and and not be involved. God wants to be involved in our lives. It says here that God uh, came to the garden. The Adam and Eve heard God come. Because God was coming to walk through the garden with Adam and Eve in the cool of the night. This was this is indicating a practice that they had probably done for we don't know how long it was before they sinned. Imagine this. It could have been years, it could have been uh, decades, eons. We don't know how long it was that that God and Adam and Eve had that perfect relationship. But part of that relationship that made it perfect was is that God constantly wanted to have fellowship with, with man, mankind. God's desire was that He would be close to Adam and Eve. That's what God's desire is still to this day. In spite of our sin, in spite of what we've done, this is God's desire for us to this day. And, that, and that's God's motivation, His love for us and His desire to... Look, y'all know better than I would because your, your children have grown... If you've had children, you're, they've grown up and they've moved on and they've moved out into the world. I'm not there yet. I'm getting close. My girls are getting close to that age. I'm getting scared right now, in fact, because... My girls are getting close to that age that Robin was when she got married. She and I got married, and uh, and I'm 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 just praying that that some idiot like me doesn't come around 
and wants to marry one of them too soon because I, I just I told them look when I told her look my girls didn't think they were allowed to date until because uh, I when they were little I started telling them look you're not going to date till you're 35 years old so don't even don't even entertain the idea of having a boyfriend because you're not going to date till you're 35 and um, till just recently they didn't they still thought that I didn't want them to date until they were 35 and I, I had to tell them, no, I, I was just playing around. I, don't, I, I did tell them, one of the things that I, I did say was, look, you know, when uh, my advice to them was, look, dating, is, the purpose of dating is to find your husband. Are you ready to get married? Oh, no, no, I'm not ready. Then you don't need to date. You don't need to date somebody. And uh, that, that worked until about this year. And so, um, uh, but... Uh, when your children go off into the world and they grow up and have their own families, they move sometimes down the road, sometimes to a next another state or, or another country, you yearn for that day when they come home. You want them to come home, don't you? It, you're, some of you, you were happy when they got out of the house. Oh my goodness, how happy it was to get them out of that house. It, the house was getting a little crowded, wasn't it? Um, but after they've been gone for a while, boy, isn't it wonderful when they finally do come back home and they spend a little time with you. You want them to come and 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 stay for a while and and because uh, you just you just miss those days. And you and I'm starting to get a little bit there because we were going through some old pictures. That's the worst thing to do, isn't it? Looking at those old pictures when they were just a little baby and when they were first born and and when they were just little tykes and everything. But God's desire was is to have that that relationship with Adam and Eve and with us, with mankind, like He has had in the garden. His desire was to spend time with them. And so God comes in the uh, cool of the evening and look at the difference what sin will do. Rather than looking forward to the fact that God's come to spend time with them, they're afraid. Why? Because they have sin. That's what sin does to us. It puts a, a wall between us and God. We don't, we don't... Look, if you're somebody that has spent every morning in the Word of God, studying it, reading it, listening to it, praying, spending time with God. When you allow something, uh, some kind of sin to get into your life, guess what happens the next morning? Well, I can't go face God. I can't go read the Bible. I'll fall into conviction. I know I'm, I've done wrong, but I, 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 you know, sometimes you're just not ready. It's not. You just you're still running. You're still trying to hide from God. So you can't be close to God. You can't spend time uh, reading the Bible. You can't spend time praying. You can't pray for people, even your own needs, when you got sin in your life. At least I can't. If I have sin in my life, I, it's hard for me to do anything that has to do... I can't even sit down to eat supper and bow my head and pray if I got sin in my life that I something that God's been convicted me. 
And so God comes to spend some time with Adam and Eve, and they're, they're, instead of looking forward to being with God, they're afraid of God. They're fearing God. They go and they try and hide from God. And that's what sin does too. It not only puts a barrier between us, it causes us to want to be to hide from God and to stay away from God. They hid themselves from His presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called out to Adam and said, Where art thou? Isn't it wonderful that even in the midst of our sin, boy, we're going long, uh, even in the midst of our sin, that God looks for us. God comes hunting for us. You know, if it was you or me and we knew that Okay, let's say I'm God and Leon, I know that Leon's done something against me. He sinned. If I were God, I, I might not want to come looking for Leon because I'd be upset because Leon's done something wrong. Not that Leon would ever do anything wrong. But, and thank the Lord, I'm not, I thank God I'm not God because I tell you what, I would make a mess of it. But look, um, God doesn't hold grudges against us. God desires for that relationship to be restored. God desires for our our union to be right with Him. So He comes looking for us. He comes searching for us. He comes desiring us. And look, that's part of the Holy Spirit's work of convicting our hearts to draw us back to God because God's desire is, is that He's coming after us. Why? Because He loves us. That's just like when you, if you've got a child that's gone out into the world and they've made a mess of things, they got messed up in drugs or shoplifting or, or any number of other things, you don't, it, you can't, it, it's, it's everything in you to let that child keep on doing what they're doing. Your desire is to go running out to that child. You might beat them within an inch of their life, but it's, you're all the, all the why are you doing this to me? Why are you, you know, I'm so worried about you. You're beating them, but you're still telling them how much you love them. Because why? Because all of that is because you love them so much. You don't want to see them doing what they're doing. And that's what God is doing with us when He pursues us. Because He loves us. He wants to have a right relationship with us. He wants that wall of sin to be uh, removed and destroyed. He doesn't want that barrier that's come between us. He wants to, uh, to hold us in His embrace and He wants to love us. Look what God does. He gives Adam and Eve a chance. He says, where are you? Now God knew where Adam and Eve were. This was God's opportunity, giving them the opportunity to share with Him what was going on. Adam says, uh, we heard you coming and we were afraid because we're not... Adam doesn't come out overtly and say what he's done wrong, but he gave, gave some hints. We saw you coming, we were afraid. We were embarrassed. So we hid. God knows what that adds up to. Afraid, embarrassed, hiding... He says, who, who, who have you been eating the fruit that, that I told you not to? He said, who told you you were naked? 
Have you been eating the fruit I told you not to? Now, what's our inclination? Not only just to simply cover up our sin, but when we're caught dead to rights, look what happens. Adam says, hey, that woman you gave me, God. God, if you... Implying, God, if you hadn't given me that woman, I'd still be perfect. God, that woman you stuck in this garden with me, she's the one that made me do it. She gave it to me. And God looks at Eve and He says, okay, Eve, what's your story? And Eve says, you know, it wasn't me. It was that serpent you put in the garden. We want, to, we want to blame God for our own sin. God, you know, if I, had, if I hadn't have been going through all this, I wouldn't have done that. God, if it wasn't this way, I would, I would have never done that. God, if, I'd, if you would have let me have all, all this money that I've been wanting, and if you had let... God, I've been praying for, you, for a Lamborghini for the longest time, God, and if you had given it to me, I wouldn't have gone out and stolen one. But when that one was left with the keys in it, I thought you answered my prayers. And so I took it. No. We always want to blame God for it. That's what they did. Oh, God, you gave me this woman. She's the reason why I sinned. God, that serpent you put, the serpent didn't have anybody else to blame. So all of God's wrath came down on the serpent and it came down on us. He says to the serpent, you're going to be at enmity with man. He said to Eve, you're going to have uh, pain and suffering and childbearing. And to uh, Adam, he said, you're going to have a hard time taking care of this garden. All the weeds and all the, the thorns and thistles that are going to come up. Remember what God said to them when He told them not to eat of the, the, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? He said, In the day that you eat it, you will surely die. And He says to them, By the sweat of your brow, you'll eat from the dust of the ground and to the dust you'll return. They, be, they died that day. They weren't laid out dead but they began to die spiritually from that day so what we see is God God gave the opportunity for mankind God gives us the opportunity when we sin to confess have you ever wondered what would have happened if Adam would have come to God and said God oh hey God we've made a mess of it we've sinned rather than hiding, rather than blaming Eve and Eve blaming the serpent. You think things might have happened a little different. I I don't know. But I do believe God would have been pleased more with them if they had come seeking Him when they knew they had sinned. Rather than going trying to cover up with leaves, if they had gone and said to God, God, we don't feel right. We've done something we shouldn't have. Help us. God did help them. The Bible tells us that He took Adam and Eve and skinned a couple of animals for, in order to make clothes for them. And that was the first sacrifice that was offered for sin. 
not only death in the human realm, but in the, the animal realm. Death as atonement for sin. Of course, we know that God sent Jesus Christ to be the perfect sacrifice for us. It wasn't that day that God determined that He would send His Son as a sacrifice for us, but before the world ever came into existence, He determined that He would have to because He knew this was coming. All these things... When we sin in our life, all of these things, we're trying to put distance between us and God. While God all along wants to come up and to hold us tight, bring us back into a right relationship to Him. So when the next time you, of course, the next time you have a situation where you're tempted to do something wrong, or Recognize what's going on. Maybe it'll help you to to avoid that sin in your life. Rather than waiting for the Holy Spirit to come and point out your sin, what we all ought to do is to call out to God and ask the Holy Spirit to come and protect us from that temptation. Take us out of that situation that might be tempting us. Praying that God would come and embrace... When, When temptation comes... Wouldn't it be better if we just simply called out to God and and say, hold me closer? When you're just a little tight, when you get scared, what do you do? You run into the embrace of mommy or daddy, don't you? Because you know that any time you're in the embrace of mommy and daddy, you're always safe. Nothing can harm you. That's true in the embrace of God. Rather than putting up walls between yourself and God when temptation comes, we ought to be running to the embrace of God so He can protect us, keep us from sin. Well, anyway, that would be the thing to do. Unfortunately, too often we don't do that, do we? Hopefully God will lead us to do what's right. To run to Him. Run into His embrace. Look, He's he's wanting to embrace us after our sin. I know He's there before we sin. We run into His embrace. He'll keep us from sin. Let's pray. Dear gracious Father, Lord, we thank You and praise You for all that You do and We thank You for Your great love.